1: KSL Outdoors brought to you by Tracks Power Sports. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. We'll get uh, back to Navidovskis here for some fish bites information coming up here in a minute. But Russ, you are a dog guy. I'm a des- dog guy. I describe you as a dog guy. I pretty much am. Yeah. Have you ever been up to the sheepdog festival <laughs> at uh, Soldier Hollow? I, I, I you didn't want me to ask you that. Question, no, I did, did not. I never <laughs> have and you asked me well why not? And I I don't know because I don't know. I mean it really is yeah. the, it is the ultimate when you think right. about uh the relationship between handler right. and or owner and and the dog. Yeah. And to watch these dogs operate just yeah. amazing. Yeah. Remember the uh the, the movie Babe really put a focus on uh, you don't remember that either? Uh, it was about a pig or something. What are you doing here helping me at all? I don't today? watch much TV. <laughs> <laughs> Carol Clausen is with me. I'll tell you why we're having this conversation, Carol, because we have some bad news for those that love uh, the Sheepdog Festival up at Soldier Hollow. But we'll get to the good news coming up in a minute. Uh, it's not happening this year during Labor Day weekend.
2: It's not, um, but it, the good news is it's going to come on Memorial Day next spring, and it mm. will be gorgeous. Uh, the, in the spring, it's cooler, and that hillside is green, uh, and so it's a wonderful time to have oh, the nice. events. And so it'll be Memorial Day next year and, and continuing on Memorial Day after that. We're going to change the date permanently.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Um I guess we don't need to go into the details of why, but uh, I have always been fascinated w- with uh, this whole process. I've had the chance to broadcast up there on several uh, different occasions. You remember the movie, babe, because it kind of changed uh, the world's attention on what this sheepdog uh, activity is all about.
2: It did. And, um, you know, these dogs are truly amazing. I actually have four of them, and I am a handler and then run the competition mm-hmm. side of the event. And it's kind of magical, to be honest, when those dogs take off and go and the yeah. partnership with uh, with their handler. And shame on you, Russ; You've never been.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's always so hot in August. So maybe you'll see me next Memorial Day.
2: <laughs> well, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. We're concerned about the heat. It's yeah. getting It's been getting hotter the last three years. Uh, and so I think this will be a great, great change, mm-hmm. to, not just for the dogs, but for the spectators. It's hot for them. And it's... Those vendors, uh, I think everyone's very excited to see a, a date change. And this year, or next year, I guess, you know, to me it's this year because I'm working so hard on it. Yeah. Um, it will be the 20th anniversary of the event, so kind of a big deal. Oh,
1: wow. Where does this fit in with some of the other festivals that go on around the world, size-wise?
2: Uh, you know, I have heard, and I can't say because I haven't been there, but I have heard it's the largest spectator sheepdog trial in the world. Um, it's clearly that in the United States, but in the next couple of weeks, in fact, week after next, is the world trial. It's in Ireland this year, and it, it happens every three years. So they may outdo us. I don't know. I'm sending spies.
1: Well, that's nice, though, that uh, uh, spectators here appreciate it and uh, love to go and and watch the activities. There's some good news coming about the infrastructure, which we'll get to here in a moment, but uh, Jen Archer, who is works in our marketing department upstairs, gave me your contact information. And on the email, she sent me a video, I think that Channel 5 did, several years ago, uh, with a a clinic that was going on, just showing how you can learn as a handler to work with your dog. And then your dog sort of takes over by instinct, I think, don't they?
2: Well, yes and no. The the instinct is certainly important, but the communication is also important. They They don't instinctually drive sheep away from us. They instinctually bring them... And sometimes not nicely. So there's a lot of training and communication. Uh, that video was actually done at my house. And um, the first one of the first dogs is a dog that I, had re- I got two weeks before. He was 18 months old. And that was Fonzie Bassan, who comes every year. He's from South Africa, a top trainer, and actually lives now in the United States and is representing us at the World Trial in a couple weeks.
1: Boy, oh. to watch these dogs, you know they'll they'll start to move the sheep from one direction to the other, and then just lay down and wait for a minute yeah. to see if the sheep keep going where they're supposed to. And if they wander one far, you know, too far one side, the dog will go around the other side and then lay down and move the sheep the other direction. And sometimes with very little input from the handler, as I've seen.
2: Yeah, they, you know these dogs learn. We set them on a line; they they learn to to be behind the sheep and take them where you direct them. But there's a fair amount of communication usually going on at some point. You know, when you, particularly when you change directions, they don't do that without usually being asked. Um, and that's where the whistles come in handy because it's a long ways away. Uh, one of the beautiful things about this venue is you can see it as a spectator, no matter where you sit. It's a great view of the whole hillside a lot of dog trials are on flat fields and this really gives everybody a chance including the handler to see what these dogs are doing and how to handle them and it's you know it's a it's a great venue for a dog trial
1: so is it words is it whistles is it all of the above sometimes i've heard some clicks or some clacks i, I don't know
2: it's mostly at the time you're competing it's mostly whistle You start with words. They all have the verbal first. They love whistles. They uh, learn them very quickly. And at great distances, you definitely need the whistle because your voice just doesn't carry as well.
1: Yeah. Russ has some experience, not in uh, sheepdog necessarily, but just in training dogs to be out for search and rescue. You've done quite a bit of that. Yeah. Dogs don't train themselves. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) they train you.
2: they the do yeah. <laughs> and,
1: My, i use mine and, to herd grandchildren
2: <laughs> and and mine might do that as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no they uh it's in the you know frankly they're a reflection of your training to some extent too so um yeah no it's an important training exercise a lot of communication and what's really different about these dogs is they have to work at incredible distances from you.
1: yeah uh is there a uh a set distance? Is it mapped out like you would any other sport where you have uh, certain parameters that they have to stay within?
2: No, there are suggested distances for like the national finals, probably for the world trial, but you really kind of do it based on the field you're in. I mean, um, I think Soldier Hollow, the outruns about 400 yards. That's in the medium long to long for the U.S., but uh, there was one, it used to be in. Yeah, up north some place it was 800 yards um, and in some of the european trials where they have uh what we call a brace competition they're really large fields so uh, it, there's no set out. you you try to make it big when you can uh, just to show what they can do but you know it, it will change depending on the on the field do you
1: do you think that that the uh, dogs will do better in the cooler weather i i, oh. I do personally but
2: Absolutely. Yeah. There's no question. They, they're, it's safer for the number one. Much but safer. also, yeah. you know, when it's hot like that, there's kind of an advantage of sorts if you draw up early because it is cooler because yeah. it's much – the sheep change a lot when it's hot. Uh, they're not happy, and the dogs can get hot. So this should be, I think, so much better for the dogs, for the sheep, for the people, yeah. so, for all the two- and four-leggeds.
1: Yeah, We'll look forward to that. Uh, real quick then, look. Uh, give us uh, and our listeners that do love that event what they can look forward to as far as some of the
2: changes up there at the venue. Um, the building itself will, I think, triple in size from 7,000 square feet to 21-something thousand uh, square feet. A lot of that is for their uh, winter kinds of activities, but it will give us the opportunity for some indoor restrooms and some covered porches, which is nice. Uh, as well, so some additional viewing areas, so that's the biggest change that affects us um there you know the parking will be the same, the festival area should be roughly the same. the um beer garden will be there as well, so those things don't really change uh, for us, but the building will add some amenities that will be great for spectators um and fortunately, the hillside will be exactly as it's always been. Beautiful
1: and difficult. Yeah, yeah, that's great stuff. All right, we'll look forward to it next year. And for those that don't know, like Russell, uh, what Babe is all about. Let me just play a little bit of it here. The pig. <laughs> yeah, the pig. It was a pig. Yeah, I know. So I you do know the you know that. the story. I've, I've seen that. Right. Yeah, that'll do, pig. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't play anymore. It makes me cry. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, Carol. Thanks for your time today.
2: Yeah. All right, May 24th to the 27th. All See right. you
1: there. Look, got it. To it. All right, we'll take Bye. a break. We'll come back and uh, get uh, fish bites. Leave, leave Navidad- show. All right, I'm going to leave it up <laughs> for you to enjoy.
3: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. A at fish fry.
1: Well, if we can uh, get you on some fish, you'll have a fish fry this Labor Day weekend. And Navinovskis is back with uh, some fish bites this week. Where are you going?
3: Um, what did you say? Where am I going?
1: Yeah, where are you going with this?
3: Oh, um, there you I, go thinking again. Actually going to the UNIs for the weekend. I didn't understand. What... <laughs> I'm going strike detection. Actually, okay. Yeah, this is one of the crucial eras. I mean. Issues associated with fishing, <clears throat> I argue that you should catch a fish on every cast. And, and, of course, it's a very audacious statement, but I do stand by it. Uh, what you need to know this about the fish is you only detect one in every three strikes, okay? So strike detection um, is really important. It doesn't matter what kind of fishing you're doing. I know when you're bait fishing, people goes, I got a bite. But when that rod moves, he's already hooked because they ingest that hook and then they try to run. But that isn't the case with fly fishing because um, it's metal. And immediately when a fish bites down on uh, a fly, he detects or it detects that it's metal and it rejects within seconds. So you have but a split second to detect the strike. And that's the hardest thing. And so my, my rule goes like this if you have my class. I want you to set on anything and everything, including a gut feeling meaning that because the worst thing that could happen if you don't get the fish is you got to cast again and oh well I'm going to cast again anyway. So literally anything and everything um and what I'm saying is if you're going to use like a strike indicator, strike indicator which is coming into that season right now. We're on the surface by the way. Mm-hmm. Dry fly is still really good. I can't believe how many hoppers are still out there. Mm-hmm. Never before have I seen it this late in the season. We're almost september and we still got good hopper populations but what i want to talk about is the strike detection now i use aquil as a fly floatant and the reason why is because it stays liquid even in the winter because in the winter most fly floatants other than aquil aquil's not paying me (laughs) they coagulates and it won't be able to put on your strike indicator i personally like um the yarn indicator I know, I know Utah invented the, the um, thingamabobber, but the thingamabobber <laughs> spooked fish. And, and when you cast the thingamabobber, it like, okay, there was a man in Colorado who laid on the bottom of a river in a scuba suit while his three friends were casting. He wanted to try to ascertain what it was that was happening underneath. And he, he concluded that every time they cast, that the fish would spook and they'd all go behind a rock. And they came out rather quickly, but generally after the fly had already passed them. So he said this wasn't true with the strike indicator that was made of uh, yarn. Hmm. And he concluded that it was you know more organic, like a leaf or something. But for whatever reason, it didn't spook the fish. I like using a strike indicator made of yarn because it goes down into the water and it, it doesn't get affected by the wind. It moves the speed of the water. You need to understand that your fly needs to move at the speed of the current. Anything that causes your fly to look atypical renders it fishless. It's another good rule. So if your fly's too fast or too slow, I mean, dragging is mostly the problem with line control that people suffer. I like to get my line off the water literally as soon as it hits the water, as soon as possible. Anyway, sometimes it's too far away. But the minute I can get line off the water, I know people like to throw men's. And men's are okay, but they do still affect the fly's drift adversely. So get the line off the water, and then you can better detect the strike. And what are you looking for? Well, it's really easy when it goes under, and it's really easy when, you know, it jigs around or something. But generally it doesn't because the fish don't really bite on the fly. They just intercept the fly. And what causes the fly indicator to look atypical is basically the current. So what you're doing when, when the fly lands in a fish's mouth, it, there's a second delay there. When the strike indicator now hesitates, that's what you're looking for. But really, you're not going to have a problem with just setting. I mean, so my rule is set on anything. That's a hesitation, that's upside, that's a twitch, anything and everything, including that feeling. Because sometimes you can really tell, was that a fish? Look, if you ever go, oh, was that a strike? You booked it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You You should never
3: say that. You should just set the hook.
1: you got to be Supernatural.
3: Well, you, you know, you, the strike is a difficult thing, but what you want to do is you set downstream and you keep your, your stick, your rod high, so the line isn't affecting its drift. Again, anything that yeah. causes your flight to look atypical renders it fishless. So you got to make it look as if it is a bug floating down the stream at the speed of the current. It's a veritable conveyor belt of nutrition coming down there. So set and set often. That's
1: yeah. my rule. Rush, you want to do your impersonation of uh, what Nobby's like in the field? Oh after yeah, you everybody the knows. Go this. ahead. Set, 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 <laughs> set. You didn't see that. That's a. fish. How could you not see that? <laughs> That's a fish. That's a fish. And you know what? Sometimes it is. Uh, <laughs> most of the time, it is. By the way, I'm looking Correct. at. I'm looking at your uh, picture. The upholstery on the uh, new oh, club it's, car it's looks beautiful.
3: nice. Beautiful. Thank you. Y'all yeah. did that.
1: Uh, you can follow uh, Mr. Navadomskis and his lovely wife, Gail. I would focus on the left side of that picture where Gail yeah, is definitely. and let the other half go. But anyway, uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. That is uh, Navadomskis with your fish bites as week. back on the subject of hunting after news at the top of the hour. It's up in game time. Stay with us.
0: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night.